Hello, I'm Father Joe Roche of the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Thank you for joining us as we continue our journey of reading the Journal of Blessed George Matulaitis from beginning to end. Today we take up from where we left off, beginning with March 28th and April 28th, 1919, Part 10, pages 255 through 257. April 28th, 1919, Part 10. Immediately after Mass, Mr. Ostraiko and another nobleman came to see me. Much of the food supplies left behind by the Bolsheviks had fallen into the hands of the legionnaires. The Polish high command wanted to distribute some of this food to the starving people. These two gentlemen asked me to organize a committee to distribute the food. They made the following conditions. The Jews were not to get anything at all, and the committee should also see that non-Jews holding progressive views would not receive anything. I answered, I cannot take it upon myself to organize such a committee. First of all, if I were at the head of this committee, the hatred of the people would be directed against the clergy and me. Usually, many are dissatisfied with such distributions. I know this from experience. In other places where I had to create such committees or was consulted about them, I always encourage the lay people to take matters into their own hands. We priests can only help them in their work. Secondly, if you, you can punish the Jews by excluding them, that is your own affair. However, such conduct is inappropriate for me as bishop. It is not fitting to exclude the progressives in distributing food. Every hungry and starving person deserves compassion and should be helped regardless of his convictions or nationality. But so that you would not think that I am rejecting this proposal without serious deliberation, I will confer with the chapter on what should be done. Immediately after drinking a glass of tea, I went to see Monsignor Mikulkevich. I found all the members of the chapter gathered there, as if by coincidence, except for Father Kukta, the only Lithuanian. They were reading some letter from His Excellency Archbishop Rop. I explained the matter at hand. Mikolkevich then sent his servant to call Father Kukta, but did not find him at home. The chapter was of the opinion that I should not form or head such a committee. We decided that those two gentlemen should approach Fathers Kretovich, Kulesho, Olshansky, and the various organizations for the welfare and relief of the poor. I then informed the two gentlemen of that decision. They did not like it and threatened that if I did not take it upon myself to head the committee, the Army High Command might not give any food. I answered that there was not much that I could do about that and that it was their decision. I had to be careful not to harm the church or incur the wrath of the people. From the priests that I had indicated to the two gentlemen, I later learned that no one had approached them about this committee. On April 25th, Father Chomsky came to me with various reproaches about my conduct. He apologized profusely for daring to speak openly and then told me the following. One, the priests are very unhappy with me because I had appointed Father Krayalis a Lithuanian, to care for the spiritual needs of the wounded legionnaires 
at the hospital and not a Polish priest. Two, it seems that the priests have begun to turn away from me, alleging that I have failed to consult them and do not give them proper directives. For example, they do not know how to announce the Lenten fast, nor whether they should celebrate the feast of St. Joseph. Three, even the people are starting to turn away from me. I should not forget that the Lithuanians make up only one-sixth of the diocese, that the Belarusians are not nationally conscious, and having fallen into the Polish net, they will go wherever the Poles take them. Also, I should appear in public when this is expected of me, and so on. Finally, for everyone knows and can see that those closest to me and my household are all Lithuanians, that Father Kukta often visits me and is suspected of giving me information. Regrettably, I fail to choose appropriate advisors, etc. After I had calmly heard him out, I answered thus, 1. I am surprised that the priests are turning away from me, since I have never wronged any of them, not at any time, nor at any time insulted a single one. I receive everyone who comes to see me and listen to whatever he has to say. I have even asked the dean and the assistant dean to inform me about what is going on. However, I have noticed that here the priests do many things behind the bishop's back and without his knowledge. They do not inform the bishop about what they are doing. Two, in my opinion, nationality should not be an issue in hospital work. When I learned that Father Krayalis had diligently served the fighting men in the city, I appointed him to continue this work. If the Poles really want to make peace with the Lithuanians, then that is exactly what is needed, that they serve each other as brothers. Three, I have also served the people wholeheartedly wherever needed, and I cannot understand why they should turn away from me. On the contrary, they defended me when necessary and always greet me with sincerity. Perhaps they would begin to turn away if the priests and politicians incited them against me. Four, it was the dean's duty to inform me about the fast and the holy days. I had asked to the secretary, and he told me that the directives were given to the root in the rubrics and were also in canon law. I cannot guess what the needs of the priests are unless they tell me. Five, whenever required, I do speak up in public, even if I have to suffer for it. But I do not intend to get mixed up in politics nor to go wherever the wind blows, as the crowds do. I must serve all nations and parties by leading them toward peace and unity. In this part of the entry, Blessed George writes of meeting an official, um, a nobleman along with another nobleman, who wanted Blessed George to become involved in the distribution of the food left by the Bolsheviks to the starving people to form a committee. After consulting some clergy, Blessed George says that that is the work of the laity to do so. The nobleman had insisted that uh, some should receive no food, including the Jewish people and the progressives. George insisted that everyone 
has a right to food, especially when they're starving. And then Blessed George writes of some complaints of one of his priests regarding the stands that he has taken. Um, the priest seems to be trying to manipulate Blessed George by telling him that the priests and that the laity are turning against him. Blessed George patiently listens and then calmly states his perspective on things. The people have always been very supportive of Blessed George and they might turn against him if some priests and politicians are trying to turn the people against him. It is not easy being a bishop, and it was certainly not easy for Blessed George to be the Bishop of Vilnius at that time in history. There is no way that Blessed George could please all of the factions in the city, nor is it his job to do so. He stands up for Christ and for what is right. Need a miracle? Here's a prayer for a special grace through the intercession of Blessed George, which has received ecclesiastical approval. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O God, our Lord and Father, you surround us always by your care. Receive our humble petition, and through the intercession of Blessed George, who suffered so much for your glory and for the increase of your kingdom here on earth, grant me the grace, and here mention your intention, for which I ask you with confidence, promising to live from now on with greater fidelity to your commandments. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. To receive a Blessed George prayer card, or to report graces received through the intercession of Blessed George, please visit us at thedivinemercy.org slash journal. That's thedivinemercy.org slash journal journal. Blessed George, pray for us. Jesus, I trust in you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Thank you, and God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you.
and God bless you.